0: Hello and welcome to episode number 18 of A Scooter Affair. My name is Justin Guffrey and this is your podcast source for all things scooter. On this episode, Josh Rogers returns to the podcast to discuss his scooter accident nearly 13 years ago and what steps he took to get back in the saddle. Listen as we talk about explosions, chicken fat, and being your own champion. Hi, this is Justin, and I'm sitting here with Josh Rogers, who, if you haven't heard the first episode ever of A Scooter Affair, he was my very first guest. He is president of Vespa Club of America and just um, Vespa enthusiast and all-around good guy. Hi, Josh. How are you doing? I'm good,
1: Justin. How are
0: you?
1: <laughs> I'm good, thanks.
0: Thanks for sitting down with me again. Oh, always, man. Um, I wanted to talk to you about... Um, not collecting Vespa, not running a club, but a few years ago you were in quite an accident and I, I want to touch on that. Um, a lot of people have been asking me about doing an episode on safety and maybe the mindset of getting back on the proverbial horse. Um, I'm glad you would sit with me and, and talk to me about your experience uh what year can you can you take us back to to when it happened and kind of what the circumstances were
1: Uh, oh man um you know i'm really bad at like when things happen, but i think that was like 13 years ago okay yeah um so you're talking so yeah it was uh, yeah that sounds about right yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of those things where like I I just I'm, like I said, I'm I'm bad with dates, but it's something that I just kind of in general try to not remember, right? It's um it's not a super pleasant time. Uh right. it led to some more not pleasant times for me. Um it <laughs> what I really didn't want was it to define me and and it took a long while um, for people to stop asking me about it. <laughs> um, and there were some interesting, like social, social, societal things, I guess, um, that I observed that were interesting to me that I I'd love to share. Cause I think that's, um, that's an interesting part of that process. So, um, if, if you're good with it, I can just kind of, begin at the beginning please. Yeah. Uh, so I remember it was, uh, my club had a monthly ride and it was like the first ride, uh, of the year really. Uh, cause we had kind of a harsh winter that year. So it had been a long time and I was, uh, you know, I, there were maybe like 30 people on that ride or something and uh here in in san jose we're really close to the santa cruz mountains which are some of the best riding in in the country for sure and uh, i was on my trusty tgb laser uh, which was kind of uh one of the fastest production uh 150 automatic uh cc scooters Uh, i really did really enjoyed that thing and um so, you know, we're uh we're zipping up the mountains, and the guy in front of me, who he was a couple of car lengths in front of me, like he kind of swerved weird, and I was like, what's f- going on there? And uh the next thing I knew, uh, I was laying on my back um next to this car. And um This part I have to recount from other people's perspectives, sort of. So what had happened is uh, it was this big, sweeping, like, 180-degree turn. And this kid in a Lexus 300 just failed to make the turn and effectively went straight. And because there was a mountain in the way, I never saw him. Hmm. And so we hit head-on. Uh, all the plastic on my bike just exploded. Uh, and there are pictures of that bike on the internet, if you really care. Um, and it launched the bike a little bit down a ravine. And, uh, but the, the bike and I had, had penetrated this car subframe and, uh, cracked his engine block. And I flipped over the bars, smashed my shoulder into his windshield And when everything came to rest, uh, my right arm was underneath the car on the driver's side. And I was just laying next to the car. Oddly, um, my right arm is the one appendage that I didn't break. (laughs) Um, So I'm laying on the side of the road or uh, in the road. And uh, I'm kind of fading in and out of consciousness, right? Uh, It was big trauma. And um, I do remember this very vividly. Um, One of my friends was just like trying to get my attention to make sure I was okay, right? Um, Which I wasn't, and kind of everybody knew that, but um, I think it's just kind of an instinctual thing. And because I didn't know what happened, I was just like, did, did I I up, and and they're like, no, man, this is not your fault. And I, they said that like when they told me that, I I became very calm, <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, okay, we're here, right? And then uh, the fire department shows up, and the ambulance shows up, and you know, I am not a small kid, right? I am probably at this time, I am two sixty, right? And, uh, like the EMTs are asking me all these questions and I like, I just don't have enough. Um, I I can't feel anything. Right. Um, so like, I don't know. Right. Like I, I don't remember if I could move stuff or not. Um, but like nothing hurt because like I was super in shock. Right. So it took like six huge firemen to like load me into this ambulance and that's the last thing I remember until I woke up. Well, that's not totally true. So it's the last thing I remember. I I did not get to experience uh, the helicopter ride that I got, which was sure. cool. Um, but I don't remember getting loaded into the helicopter or landing at the hospital. What I do remember is <laughs> a brief minute uh, before I lost consciousness for the rest of the day. But... I think they were either wheeling me into surgery or out of surgery. And someone, uh, noticed my Vespa tattoos and I happened to be at uh, a hospital with one of my scooter buddies, uh, was one of the head, uh, ER nurses. And they were like, Oh, I wonder if this guy knows Chudu. And I was like, Chudu is my friend. (laughs) Very E.T.-esque, right? Uh, That's the last thing I remember until I woke up in the hospital uh, the next day. And then, uh, like, I wake up and, like, my wife is there and, you know, some of my friends are there. And I think my mom was there by that time. And uh, this really um, nice physical therapist comes in and she's like, okay, you're – you need to stand up and walk. And I'm like, excuse me? What? And I'm and like, this okay. is only
0: 24 hours after.
1: Yeah. Right. And so I go to stand up and I'm like, this isn't happening. This like, this isn't gonna work. And they're like, huh, you should be able to stand up. I'm like, well, I'm telling you, it's not, it's not working. So back into bed, I go just kind of dealing with it. Uh, I was in the hospital for eight days. Um, And in that eight days, they. (laughs) uh, So the reason I couldn't stand, it was very obvious that I broke my left femur in half. Um, So it had punctured the skin. It was super obvious. They just popped that back together and put a bandaid on the hole and called it good. Uh, But what they didn't realize until they sent me into an MRI. Uh, which was way too small, um, and they could only get me into my hips, uh, which is fine, because they were looking at the legs, so it didn't really matter. Um, I had torn all the ligaments in my right knee. So uh, when I got to physical therapy a couple, like a week later, um, there was this debate, right? Because, uh, like, breaking your femur in half is no small thing uh but it turns out that that's going to be your strong leg if you tore all the ligaments in your right knee or your other knee right um so uh i was wheelchair bound for a while but i was still in the hospital bed so let's go back there because i still haven't figured everything out yet so uh another obvious thing that they fixed so they fixed the femur um i had totally shattered my left wrist um And it, I think, had a couple of compounds. And uh, I've got a nice, like, six-inch scar on my left wrist. But, like, I just, like, couldn't get comfortable, right? I was having a hard time getting comfortable. And um, it took them, like, four days to figure out that I had broken and dislocated my shoulder. Um, And that was eye-opening. Because, you know, you can imagine, uh, with all that stuff going on, uh, I was super just... I, I was heroined out, right? They were just pumping me full of, you know, heavy opioids and stuff. So I didn't feel anything. And I remember like everybody had gone home for the day and my doctor comes in and he's like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh my I'm God, I'm doing okay. Right. And he, he starts massaging my left arm and he's like, yeah, he's just kind of wiggling it around. And then he just yanks on it as hard <laughs> as he can. And I'm like, oh man, I can't feel a lot but that didn't feel good. And he's like, oh, that's too bad. I couldn't get it back into place. You're going to have to have surgery Oh man! Um, and surgery in this case. All it does is, is they put you under long enough to pull even harder <laughs> to get it back in its socket, right? There's no like real surgery going on. They're just trying to get it back in its socket. So uh, that happened. And then, uh, and then you're stuck in the hospital until you poop. Honestly, like that's, um, cause they pump you full, of, you know, opioids, um, they, they stop you up. And right. like, that was when I was like, man, why do people do heroin for fun? Cause like, <laughs> this is no fun. Right. Um, and so, uh, I got out of the hospital eight days later, uh, that bill was $180,000. Uh, I had really good insurance at the time. Um, little in fact, I worked at Starbucks for the insurance. So my part of that bill was like $560 or something. Uh, I ended up, uh, I had like two more knee surgeries and ended up having shoulder surgery to kind of fix some of the damage that was done and um, hours and hours and hours of physical therapy. And what I would say is, um, uh, you know, again, I was in a wheelchair uh, being rolled around. I slept in a hospital bed that we put in my in-laws living room for three months uh, while some of the stuff was going on. Um, But what I would say is find a physical therapist you like, uh, who you trust, and they're going to be way more knowledgeable than maybe the physicians who cut and jab you and, and do other things, right? Cause they're really working with you and your body and trying to get you moving again. Right. So I graduate, uh, and this is one of the weird social, uh, things that I noticed. So, uh, you know, when you're in a your wheelchair, everybody, uh, everybody thinks you're very delicate, right? And then when you graduate to a Walker, people think you're, you're less delicate, and then when when you graduate to just a cane, which is actually really rad, right? Just going to a cane, um, people think you're even better. And I remember one guy like came up and was like, "Hey, man!" and like punched me in the shoulder, <laughs> and I was like, no, "Don't touch me, dude!" Like, I, like it looks good, but everything is super fragile right now right? Like, had I fallen down in that uh, three months where I was still sleeping in a hospital bed or maybe even the next two months, right, or three months, like, I would have been hosed, right? Like, it, it would have been a mess. Uh, I fact, I remember one time we were on the way to see the doctor and uh, I was in the wheelchair and my mom, like, hit my leg with the door and, like, I don't remember. I like guess an adult crying that much ever. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was a big deal. And then, uh, so oddly, um, and very, uh, unfortunately, uh, the first time, so, you know, people were asking me all the time in, in the hospital and outside of the hospital, like, Oh, are you going to ride again? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to ride again. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't an, if it was a, a win. Right. Um, And then uh, it was like November. Yeah, it had to be November. So November of that year, right? So May, three months. Yeah, that works out. So uh, in October, the president of the Vespa Club of Santa Cruz, uh, and that guy, he was an older guy, Danish guy. I think it was Danish. Um, He always wore uh, this uh, Kenny, like, non-dot helmet and like kenny from south park right it was just orange and had like kenny's face on it and um <laughs> and he was on a uh day of the dead ride uh with the vampire motorcycle club and he went off the road and died and my club decided that we were all gonna ride over to his funeral, and I haven't been on a bike. <laughs> uh, in fact, I uh, I had to borrow a clubmate's bike because uh, I don't think any of mine ran, and clearly I didn't have um, the ability to wrench on anything at the time. So, um, so I have this bike. I strap my cane to it, and it's like the first time I can remember in many years. Uh, that all of my club got together to go for a ride and for a, a very somber event. And I was like, hey, um, I don't know how this is going to go. Like, I could freak out, right? And, like, so I'm going to bring up the rear, and if I don't show up, just assume I, I just went home, right? And uh, I made it. Yeah, uh, very little issues. Um, I do, not anymore, but for a while afterwards, I did uh, have, I did, there was concern when I was going around a blind turn. But I kind of got over that. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the story. Um,
0: Now, did did the whole situation, did it affect your riding style? Um, Did you, did you change up the way that you, that you ride because of it? Hmm. That's a,
1: the short answer I guess is yes. So it, it did a couple of things. It, um, especially because I started riding right away. Um, And also uh, I'm pretty Pretty sure. sure I still didn't have a car. So I was kind of forced to ride anyway. Um I I used to be way more aggressive when riding, for sure. Um, but what I would tell you, um and this is this is gonna get super jumbled real fast, but um so after my accident, um, I decided I wanted to be a motorcycle safety coach, right, for the MSF. And uh, I did that. I did it for ten years. And one of the things that like is a fundamental flaw in that program is they'll tell you that every accident is avoidable. And and I can tell you that any any situation you can see is is avoidable. But like I didn't see that. There's no way for me to avoid that situation. The only way for me to avoid that situation was to not be there that day. Uh-huh. Um, And I think that's important, right? Because like I've watched friends get in accidents, you know, like there's no reason really like at a four way stop or a two way stop, like you should collide with another car, right? Like you have the ability to judge and decide to stay where you're at or decide to go or whatever. And like, if you get T-boned, that's kind of on you, right? Like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right? Like I mean there are extreme cases where like right. you're riding along and someone else runs a light, but right, like right. I think you in many cases have the ability to be like, "Oh shit, that person's about to run that light," right? Um maybe not 100% of the time and it, it's situational, but like most of the time, I think if you can see your surroundings, you, you have an out, right? Um and this thing for me, like there was no out. Right. Like I didn't see it. I don't remember it, which is probably okay. Although I wish I could, because I kind of want to know what acrobatics went on and I'd love to see like my bike explode. Right. Um, which sounds weird and, um uh, macabre, but you know, whatever. Um, and then, so, uh, I also, <laughs> And this is, this is like, one of the few moments where I think, like, uh, my ego and pride uh, kind of raise up. Um, I bought a car. Because I was like, I got nothing to prove to nobody. <laughs> so I don't need to ride in the rain anymore. Right? Like, I always had a good suit. Um, I had a good suit until they cut mine off of me. Right? Um, and... Like, so riding in the rain wasn't a big deal for me, but after that accident, I was like, I don't, I don't need to do that anymore. So that changed. And then, um, unfortunately, and, and I won't bore your, your audience with this, like a lot of things in my life, uh, changed after that accident that had nothing to do with the accident, really. Um, like the magazine shut down, I got divorced, like all this other stuff. So, I don't think that it was the accident that got me to ride less. I think it was I had put so much of my life into scootering and then everything kind of went away uh that I enjoyed and I just I kind of had to take a break. And like now I'm more of a collector um than I am a rider, although um you know before the pandemic I was like I'm going to ride every Friday and go get lunch. And of course that got kiboshed, but this year I think I can actually do it. I think (laughs) I can actually, the world is safe enough. I can actually get on my bike and go for a ride and enjoy, um, the bikes that I've been collecting over the the last few years. Right. So.
0: Want to make up for lost time. You can do lunch Thursday and Friday then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, so, and, and like, I'm doing more events. Like I, I went down to San Diego this last weekend for a book signing um, and I'm going to go up to, uh, the n- like wine country in Northern California this weekend and go for a ride. So the year is actually starting off pretty well on that. So I think I, I will be successful in my goal to ride more. Uh, I certainly still enjoy it. Um, I just got my triumph back from the dealer and, uh, or not the dealer, but the shop. And, uh, I remember why I bought that thing. So <laughs> there, there'll be, there'll be more riding for sure this year.
0: I'm going to backtrack for a minute, Josh. Yeah, Um, sure. You had said you don't remember the accident. Um, You just kind of, you know, kind of do what people do after they hit a car going 50 miles
1: an hour or or however fast you were going. Oh, yeah. If you want some good data, not to interrupt you, (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, So I had a friend who was a um, physicist. No, not a physicist. Anyway, some super sciencey person, right? And uh, I was like, okay, so I weigh this much. My bike weighs this much. We were going this fast. And, like, his skid marks were, like, this long. um, And the, like, the, right? And they were like, oh, yeah. So, based on all that detail, like, weight of the car and all that stuff and, like, the impact and all that, like he was decelerating from about 80 miles an hour. Uh, and at force of impact, uh, you are pushing six G's. Oh man. And I think, uh, I think she said like at three G's, um, is that right? At three G's fighter pilots blackout. And at four g's you can uh separate your uh skull from your spine Um, and there was very little damage on my helmet to be honest with you um there was just a little scrape um on the top of the chin guard where the where the visor comes down Mm -hmm. uh that was like the only damage to my helmet uh but i got a new helmet I actually uh, TGB even replaced my bike for me. They they were nice enough to give me another wow. bike. Wow! Um, and it took me a while to get like good gear again, but the magazine was still going, so kind of gear was flowing my way anyway. So nice. uh, But you were going in a direction before I told you about <laughs> the horrors of of G force and. Uh, yeah. um,
0: so if you if you would have remembered that impact, do you think it would have? you think you would have went a different way with getting back on a scooter?
1: I don't know. That's hard to say. I mean, I think, I think psychologically, if remembering that and, you know, worst case, like having nightmares or tears about it, um, that, yeah, that probably would have kept me off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, you know, uh, you know, me, a lot of your, your listeners know me. Like I, I love this sport, right? Right. I love this hobby. Right. Um, and I always have. So I, I actually would hate to think like what I would do if I wasn't doing this,
0: you know? Right. So has it we talked about altering your, your style of riding a little bit. Has it altered the bikes? Like, do you still, do you still rip around on one fifties or have you, have you gone to more powerful bikes as your
1: daily riders? Well, I did, I did buy the triumph. Um, but I bought that for commuting really. Um, uh no i would say i i would say it it didn't change the bikes i bought because honestly like the tgb was pretty solid it had a pretty good brake setup um and like i still ride vintage stuff which is way more (laughs) unsafe so (laughs) yeah safe reliability you know yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's one of the the funny things about, like, like vintage scooters, for sure. Like, they're not safe, you know? <laughs> like, like, a lot of them, like, the front end just dies when you hit the brake, the front brake, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and most, because most people don't set them up right, and even then... You know, it's it's actually one of the biggest complaints that I hear uh, from vintage riders about riding with modern riders is modern riders they all have disc brakes and they like stop on a dime and the vintage guys just can't stop that fast and never mind that like not only are they s- trying to stop but they're trying to downshift <laughs> right yeah. and so um yeah I mean I, I just think that that. Those are some some things that that are truths. That um, it doesn't diminish the bikes at all, right? So,
0: how long was it before you
1: rode that that uh, route again? Oh, yeah. You know, I have friends who won't ride it because of that. Um, I don't. I don't know. I I don't. I don't care. Right? Like I I go up at a. Kate, cape now and again like it doesn't I, I can't I don't know like off the top of my, I'm sure other people know but I couldn't tell you on a ride this is this is the turn right because there's a couple of turns like that on that road right Um, so it's yeah I probably spend more time trying to figure it out than I should right so it, but, it
0: didn't really screw with your head to the point where it there's a flashback
1: or anything no not at all yeah yeah, which is again is probably better, but
0: yeah, I think that I don't know from from listening, I would think that in my my personal opinion that that if I were in that situation and I would have remembered it, it would have been a lot harder to to get back on the
1: horse than than not remembering it. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. I mean, I, I I'm gonna guess that's true, right? I just don't, I don't have that data. And, like, the other thing, too, like I said uh, in the beginning was, like, it just took forever for people to stop asking me about it, you know? And there was that part where, like, I I wasn't, you know, like, I've never shied away from talking about it, um, but, like, I I didn't really want to talk about it. And then people were like, oh, how you doing? Like, your accident. And I was like, yeah, it was, like, three years ago right? And, and because I recovered so well, right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't have any real lingering effects, although they said I, or they said at the time I'd probably have to get both my knees replaced by the time I was 50, uh, which is coming up. Um, and I haven't had any problems with them. So, um, knock on wood that, that, that doesn't happen, but there's still like this huge dimple in my left leg from where, uh, my femur broke through. Ugh. It's kind of weird. And then, uh, I had visions, um, uh, not like real visions, but, um, (laughs) like when I was laying there in the hospital, I was just like, man, like, I don't want to look at this stupid scar on my forearm for the rest of my life. And I thought, Oh, I'll just, I'll get a funny tattoo over it or something. Um, and oddly I didn't do that. What I did do is get a full sleeve on my other arm. Um. But that one, like, but I don't notice it anymore. Right. Like I don't really notice the scar anymore. So, and then there's a bunch of scars that I have from like the surgeries, um, afterwards putting myself back together. But how many surgeries, uh, in all did you have like seven or nine or something like that? I don't remember anymore. One of the surgeries though was, (laughs) was kind of funny, um, so when they reconstructed my left wrist, um, <laughs> uh, you know, like healing, 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 everything's fine. It kind of bone fused itself back together, but there was this plate in there. And um, if you were sitting across the table from me, and I articulated my wrist, um, you could hear the tendon scrape over the the plate they put in my arm. Oh. Um, And so uh, I kind of got tired of that. It actually didn't feel good, if you can imagine. Um, So I went to to another uh, uh, orthopedic surgeon and I was like, hey, like, and he's like, oh, that's not good. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, what are you doing later today? I'm like, whoa, dude, like. I got plans, right? (laughs) And then then he's like, okay, well, we can do it like Thursday, right? It's like Monday or Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, okay. I can come in for surgery Monday or Tuesday. And then I went in and uh, they took it out. And uh, I have that in a bag somewhere, all the hardware they took out of my wrist. So, I mean, uh, you paid for uh, it. too. Yeah, I paid for it. Right. Uh, But the rod in my femur is going to stay there. Um, there's no reason to take it out. And then I got a bunch of screws, um, in my knee. Um, I'm part cow now. I got some bovine parts. Nice. Um, and I got some cadaver parts. So zombie cow. We talking
0: dairy cow or beef cow or.
1: Yeah. You know, they're not clear about that. Um, I'm going to guess dairy cow, but, um, yeah, actually, now I even have some pig in me, which is kind of neat. Um, I'm just a whole farm, you we, know.
0: We talking ham or bacon or?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? I have chicken fat in my knee too to uh, lubricate it. Yeah. So I got all the farm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that uh, I've been fortunate. Like I said, it was like 13 years ago now. Um, this May or March, March must've been March, March. It'll be 13 years. And, um, like, I think I'm I'm super lucky, right? Cause I haven't really experienced a lot of negative, um, side effects from, from all the stuff I went through. And, and I, I was in physical therapy for over a year, Mm -hmm. like two, three times a week. I had a really great therapist where like, if I, if I showed up and I'm like, man, I'm not feeling it today. He's like, go home. Right. Cause it's your, it's your journey. Right. Right. Um, right. And like you got to do the work for sure. But like you, you know, you don't have to kill yourself to do it, you know? And uh, I've seen other people struggle with that part of it. Um, and then like for a little while people were like oh josh has suffered let him be the whisperer let him talk sense into this person like i can't talk sense into anybody right like you gotta want it right and it was never i you know i see a lot of i think they portray this in like movies like the overachiever like i'm gonna beat this disability um maybe i'm just not that motivated in life it was not that way for me um i think i got lucky that everything kind of broke the way it did. And that, you know, just like being diligent about therapy and like not doing stupid stuff. Like, you know, I had a, I made a full recovery, you know? So so there
0: wasn't an end goal for you. It wasn't like, Oh man, I have to, I have to get better so I
1: can do this one thing in life. No, no. And, and, you know, it wasn't clear to me. I, I maybe should have i i will say this to anybody who ends up in the hospital um in a situation like that you you absolutely have to be um your own champion right like you have to be the one asking questions um suggesting things like whip out your phone look stuff up like don't just take their word for it um you have to be your own advocate
0: thanks for Thanks for telling us your story. I really appreciate you sharing it with us, even though you've, uh, you've been asked about it a thousand times, apparently.
1: Oh yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you know, at the time, right. It's just weird. Cause like, you're like, that was like three years ago. Or five right, years, right. Right. But like now that it's 13 years ago, like it's not annoying at all. <laughs> um, and um, you know, the hope here is that you're going to share this story and my experience and that other people um, will be better prepared for uh, if if this happens to them, right? I, I do not agree with the paradigm uh, that it's not if it's when you crash your motorcycle. Um, I think it's an I think it's a if, right? Um,
0: I'm with you on that. I was just thinking about that today. Um, I would hope, I would really hope that it's not when for for riders but it's definitely an if for that stuff. All right, Josh, thanks so yeah. much for for sitting with me tonight. I really appreciate it and I hope uh I hope this year brings brings you health and lots of riding time.
1: Well, thanks, Justin. Uh same to you. Um we'll see you soon, I hope. Absolutely. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye.
0: Thanks again to Josh for coming back to the show and sharing his experience. No matter how long you've been riding, it's suggested to always be brushing up on your skills and riding habits. If there's a motorcycle safety program in your area, make sure to check it out. They always have good pointers, and it's never a bad thing to refresh the fundamentals. If you've missed any episodes, please stop by www.scooteraffair.com and catch up. Or just listen to your favorites over and over. Thanks for listening. Stay well and so long.